Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 212, episode 3 of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, yeah! a production of iHeartRadio. This is the season finale. We're going to take a couple days off for all Thanksgiving, but you should know uh, up top that this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it's Wednesday, November 24th, 2021, 24 days of mustache growth on miles mm-hmm. of my faces. Mine still looks like an eighth grader trying to buy cigarettes, though. <laughs> Mine is interfering with my life in many ways. Uh, it's, uh, you know, children are being held closer to their parents, which is good. It's like, you know, when I when I enter a cafeteria, people are like, oh, Jesus. My wife doesn't really make eye contact with me. And the first 20 minutes of every Zoom meeting that I'm on is about my mustache. Yeah. But otherwise, it's been fun. It you is... know what today is, right? What is it? National Taiwan On Day. Hey! That's actually the first time that we've had one that I'm like, yeah, no, that's what that's what that should be. Because it's the day everybody's going home for Thanksgiving and getting drunk with their high school friends. But you know what it is? You know what you're What's tying that? on? You're tying on an apron. That's what it's hey, for, to get ready to start making your stuff. You're putting on an apron. Is that real? Is that what yeah, they're... that's it's what it's for a, because it's, it's basically pre, nationally. Yeah, okay. pre-cooked day. So the, in, the International Day Selection Committee can't even get one right. They can't no. even get it. There's also It's also National Sardines Day. But oh, I don't know why. It's of course. Time, but. Of course it is. Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Oh, here he comes. Watch out, Jack. He'll chew your butt. <laughs> Whoa, here Jaws comes. He's a man eater. That's cur- courtesy of Christy. I'm Gucci Mane. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray. Miles Gray. And I shouldn't have told people I hated weird uh, measurement derivations of my name, but it's Miles Gray, AKA 1.6 kilometers gray, 1,609 meters gray, 63,360 inches gray, 5,280 feet gray, 1,760 yards gray, 320 rods gray, 80 rods? chains gray. Eight furlong gray and one third of a league gray. Okay. Eighty chains gray is kind yeah. of that's your that, that goes hard. Of, a chain is twenty two yeah. yards. As according yeah. to Johnny Davis. That's all from Johnny Davis. And also for all my motherfucking space fanatics out there, point zero 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 five two one five parsecs gray. Damn. There it is. Well, fuck two chains. We got 80 chains mm-hmm. on the on Thank the podcast. You. Thank uh, you. Doing terrible things to my neck. Yeah? Why? What's yeah. going on? Because I got 80 chains on. Oh. <laughs> I <laughs> just, I'm always on? worried about, I'm always worried about your back health. I'm always like, I know, you know I know. Yeah. What's going on this time? What's going on, man? <laughs> this time it's the 80 chains. The hypothetical <laughs> chains. Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the very talented writer and stand-up comedian whose stand-up album... Father's Day was number yep. one on iTunes. Uh, she co-hosts the great comedy travel sex and love podcast, Private Parts Unknown, and her advice on sex and travel has been featured in Men's Health, The Strategist, Betches.com, anywhere men need help fingering. She also co-hosts the great 90 Day Fiance podcast, 420 Day Fiance, <coughs> with some guy named Miles. Please <coughs> welcome the hilarious the talented Sophia Alexandra! Sophia! 
<laughs> Yay! Sophia. I am here on yeah. my second favorite podcast after uh, yeah. 420 Day Fiance. Hey! You know. Hey, look at you. Look you know, you know. No. And... I told you to keep that low. Keep that low. <laughs> <laughs> How's yeah. it going? How's it going over on 420 Day? What, oh, what's new? Oh, my God. It's going so good. You want to tell him? You want to tell him? Bro, we got merch now. We got merch. It's sick. It's hand-drawn by, by me K- oh, and by Miles. Yep. And then wow. hand-screen printed by, by Zeitgang Favorite. By motherfucking Gil. Wow. So, yeah, we, we collabo, Zeitgang, you know, Three comedy of the collab with Caitlin. Yeah. She's got, uh, look, go to 420dayfiance.com mm-hmm. and you can go get... We got shirts and stuff. Support the show, baby. Keep the lights on for I'm gonna us. I'm going to say we three cool words for you. Heavy huh. titty ghost. Yeah. Okay. Heavy titty if ghost. that doesn't pique your interest, heavy titty ghost, don't worry we can't about help it. you. You know what yeah. I mean? This isn't If it you. does, check the yeah. shirt out because it yeah, does yeah. deliver. If it does, gang That's a clever name. Gang gang. But yeah. You know, but other than that, how what's what's new? We're, oh, yes. You tell him you just got back. You were just traveling a fucking all over the the world. I did just travel, and a lot of my answers to the questions have to do with my travel. Oh, hey. oh. all right. Well, I can't wait to get to those. We're going to tell the people a few of the things we're talking about, and then we're going to get to know you a little bit better with those answers. We're going to talk about the uh, Wakasha. Hey, Bo, come here. You want to say hi? Bo, my, my three-year-old is in the house. He just got a fresh new haircut. Oh, that's a nice cut. Nice, nice, nice. Loving this. Loving this hair. Hi. This is the set. This is Bo's second appearance on the Daily Zeitgeist. I think the first one was trending. So, yeah. Shout out. Oh, look at him being bashful. Okay. Baby bash. See you out there. Daddy, the smoke. What's up? The smoke detector is on. The smoke detector is on? It's beeping. All right. I'll set, I'll change the batteries later. Oh, Bye. Wow. Thanks, buddy. So we've gone from a second rate TikTok, <laughs> a second rate podcast to a, a a weird shady TikTok video that has a fire detector beeping every couple seconds in the background. Yeah. While yeah. you're talking about how international banking is flawed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh my god, I'm on so many meetings where people have had the smoke detector alarm going off for like weeks. Just oh. same, and I I've given them you know, tips on how to change it because we have all our batteries dying at the same time. Here. One time that Anyways. was going off <laughs> because it was the middle of the night and I was sleeping. I thought it was the alarm. <laughs> and I called <laughs> the alarm company and I was like, I can't turn it off. What right. Onto the code. <laughs> and they're like, ma'am, it's not going off. And I'm like, I'm in the house. <laughs> it's going off. I'm in the house. And they were like, we don't know what to tell you. It's not going off. <laughs> at least 45 minutes to understand that that's like, what was oh, happening. <laughs> okay, this is. might be on me. This might be on me. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I should apologize <laughs> to that alarm company. <laughs> nah, fuck them. All right, we're going to talk about the tragedy at the Waukesha Christmas Parade. We're talking about uh, fentanyl fear-mongering continuing. We're talking about the Dallas QAnon group, which is now just... It's taking over people's lives. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know, interesting, scary. Yeah, it's getting, you know, they're starting to say we're, we, the, the, the rhetoric's definitely starting to change a little bit here. Mm. Uh, we're talking about Matthew McConaughey's hypothetical governor's race. He is in the lead 
So that's pretty wild. And we're also going to check in with streaming numbers. You know, Seinfeld made its debut on Netflix, and it's not really lighting up the charts. So I just want to ask, you know, what what do we think's going on there? And also get some uh, Miles Gray Seinfeld impressions. <laughs> you know, it's a holiday, and I'm treating myself. Uh, all of that, plenty more. But first, I, I legitimately did shoehorn that story in. <laughs> Before we get right. to any of that shit, though, uh, let me go cruise to high school real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> Sophia, uh, what is something from your search history? Okay, so I went to Portugal and I was Ooh. in Lisboa, which oh, was the first oh, time okay. I knew that that is how you pronounce it. And it's Lisbon, right? Yeah. And apparently, yeah, <laughs> that's the, Lisbon, right? The, statue yeah. in front of our hotel was of Louis de Camoche. And I'm sorry oh. if I butchered it. I'm doing my fucking best. But he is Portugal's Shakespeare. And mm. I never heard his name because, of course, why would I in America? You learn about like four authors. <laughs> right. And like, I don't know, maybe one book per. So I have never heard of him. And they said that his influence on the language was so profound that they call it the language of Kamosh. 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 Is that a flex? Imagine. That is what? a flex. Yeah. Imagine I mean, is that say how, that about you. Is that, I feel like that's similar to Shakespeare, right? Didn't he invent like a bunch of fucking words? Like yeah, but I'm just saying maybe we should be saying Shakespeare is like Kamosh. The, yeah, the English language is Kamosh. Yes. Kamosh. Okay. All this commotion for what? All this commotion. <laughs> All this commotion. <laughs> much commotion about much nothing. <laughs> Coming to CBS. So I went. I went to uh, Lisboa, Lisboa, a number of years ago, and I really loved it. It was very beautiful. The language sounded silly to me, and I've. I feel. I don't know if that's problematic to say, but it just sounded like. There's like a bouncy, like bounciness to it and also like some silly syllables that always come back. So, you know, what's hilarious to me about that and very insulting (laughs) is that (laughs) it sounds exactly like Russian, but without being at all similar. So you constantly feel like you're being gaslit. You're like, are you speaking Russian? And all the inflections are the same, oh, and like, the sounds uh, repeat, but it's not. Yeah. And then it's I like told you're hearing like Russian through a wall or something. Yes, you're like, huh? <laughs> it was like it's like hearing Russian, but I suddenly no longer understand it. Sure, sure. It's such a mind fuck. <laughs> and so I was talking to a Portuguese person about it, and they said, "I, I said, do you guys feel like that when you hear Russian?" And he was like, "Yes, I always all think oh, I sure. should understand too, but I don't." have no idea mm. what any of y'all are talking about. Oh. So basically, you just insulted two cultures, Jack. Yeah. Thank you so well, much. Yeah, two for insults. Always. Yeah, it's just the, the sound of it is, to my dumb American ears, sounded fun. Hey, this is funny, huh? This is funny. <laughs> hey, y'all talk funny. Hey, man. You said, you said pe- he said pescador. <laughs> <laughs> Luis, what? <laughs> Come on, that's not how you come say on. it. That's, that's not, Lewis, on, man. That's an S. That's, that's an S, Lewis, man. man. All right, you want to put some stank on it? Let me get my sandwich without mustard. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? Okay, so I ate so much fucking seafood 
when I was mm. in Lisboa. Okay. <laughs> that I am literally, I'm literally miles after he came back from Italy. Mm, and yeah, I yeah, have yeah. to tell you <laughs> that lobster is fucking overrated. And wow. I've mm. always thought this, but it w- was confirmed when I had so many different kinds of seafood mm. in a week. Well, what are we looking at? We're what, looking what at we even, I mean, I would take a big ass prawn over that. Yeah, mm. I would take a yeah, crab yeah. over that. Mm. Like, how are we not putting crab over lobster? Mm. That's ridiculous. Mm. Interesting. Like a just a good solid like crab claw like claw meat. Dude, I'll I'll eat a soft shell deep fried one that they have at Japanese oh, restaurants. Yeah, 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 I will I mean, eat any kind snow snow crab. You pull out the meat, whatever a crab, king blue, whatever. Give yeah. it. For you, it's more of a personal thing. You just hate crabs and want to eat them. You, yeah, yeah it's just... a vendetta. It's a delicious <laughs> vendetta. <laughs> I have don't give a fuck if it's grade. edible or not. <laughs> fucking hermit crabs. I'll fucking suck that thing out of the shell. <laughs> what was the most like remarkable thing that you had when you're out there? Like a thing that you were like, oh shit, what the, f- what have I been, why have I not been doing this? Okay, I'd never had the fish turbot. Do you oh, pronounce okay. the T? Is it turbo? It's turbot. It's turbot. It's, turbot? It's turbot. Yeah, I've been pronouncing it wrong my entire life. <laughs> Justin, I'm glad we're learning together because I felt yeah, dumb. Turbot. And now I feel that we're all in it in turbot together. <laughs> I've been mm. saying robot all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually the, the B is silent. It's just yeah. root. Root. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like a really flat bottom feeder fish. Mm-hmm. And it has like uh, almost no bones. So it's like, I mean, there's no bones and it's all like fatty and delicious. And when oh, they grilled it, I was like, what the fuck? Mm. It was awesome. Okay. That sounds really good. And, you know, lobster, we're never just halfway on lobster. We're either, it's either sea bugs that we feed to prisoners or it's the, the, the rich and famous. Yeah, the richest. The thing is, it's mostly just get. like grilled and frequently over grilled. And then it's like mm. your only options to dip it in butter. And like, that's fucking it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, why are we not doing more? And it's sometimes I mean, they'll throw it in mac and cheese to just like make it like they did something. When people do that, I'm like, okay, we get it. You got mashed, you got lobsters in your mashed potato. Not, it's fun, but not necessary. But you know, you try is uh like whenever like I'll go to Ralph's and sometimes they'll be like the like the langoustine tails are like super cheap. They're like, yeah, man, these shits are like four bucks. Like nobody's buying them. I get yeah. them, butter poach them. Then you have something that is. Like, you know, if you do it right, it's not overcooked and it's been poached in butter and you don't really need to dip that shit anymore. And it's delicious. More succulent for sure than grilling and then dipping. 100%. Speaking of Jerry, Jerry, I just checked on your duck and it's even a more <laughs> succulent than even I could have hoped. <laughs> Poppy, please. The butter poaching, I'm assuming, means you just cook it like a shit, melt a shitload of butter in like a yeah. pan. And then mm-hmm. you can basically submerge it in full on Slow, butter. slow cooking. Ooh. Yeah, very low. And then you got to keep the heat low because you don't want it to start, you know, yeah. you don't want to start cooking the butter. Just keep it. You ruin you know, the hot. whole thing if you overheat it. That's the thing. You got to yeah. be patient. Mm. Patient. What is something mm. you think is underrated? Okay, so I bought a book when I was out of town and I read it in one books sitting, even though I brought like eight books. Whoa. But. So this book is so fucking underrated because I want everyone to read it and talk to me about it. 
It's called Fashion Victims, The Dangers of Dress, Past and Present by mm-hmm. Allison Matthews David. Allison, I'm going to holler at you on Twitter. This book is good as hell. It is illustrated and about all the different like poisonous ways that we have made clothing and the way that it used to kill people. So in an interesting way, it is both about history and labor politics and like um, capitalism and fashion, fashion and crazy macabre deaths like Damn. ballerinas being set on fire by their outfits. No one giving a flying fuck. Girls that made like green fake flowers getting poisoned by the green people making hats getting crazy from the hats, you know, yeah, Yeah, but like forever people are like publishing articles and being like, yo, these people are dying and Mm, they're like, nah, it's cool. These hats are cool, though. (laughs) Then there was a fashion where they killed whole ass birds and put them on hats. Mm. A whole ass taxidermied bird. Oh, they literally killed so many that a bunch of those songbirds went extinct. Jesus Christ. We just wanted them on a fucking hat. How insane. I love it. So, and because what the, was it the Mad Hatters? That's because they were using mercury, right? Yeah, like, mercury. Some shit like they loved yeah. to throw some mercury on some shit back This in the wasn't day, man. even that. It's like tanning solution. Oh, okay. That, that. Oh, so but, not I as mean, like the Mad as that. Because Mad as a Hatter was like, that's like from the UK, right? Of like. No, this is those... all the same thing. But I think. Oh, oh the got solutions it. But in this, the story changed. was about the. Got it. Got it. The solutions changed, but stayed yeah. poisonous. Peak mercury use. Oh, and then shoe shoe polish. Like people would polish their shoes, go out dancing all night, come home and die because the shoe polish seeped through their shoes when they were sweaty and poisoned them. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, we this need more deregulation. So good. And they have pictures of all the stuff that kills, that has killed you. And they're still testing all of these hats. And they're like, yep, that's still test positive for mercury. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's been so many fucking years. And the hat will test so positive for mercury. It's enough to kill, like, a ton of people. And they're like, yeah, you you should just wear it. And that's it. Are the illustrations scattered throughout the book like when a subject comes up there's a picture there or is it the like standard adult book thing where there's just like a center fold of a bunch of pictures? No, they're all throughout and See that's it's fuck so I'm perfect about. and all I the references that. for all of them are in there. It's like meticulously mm, oh, wow. researched. So when they're like this is the kind of green hat that killed people, there'll be a picture of the green hat and they'll also do a thing where, like, this is an advertisement from that time that that is like a cartoon that shows that kind of green hat or people dying from the green hat. It's right. It's pretty fire. <laughs> the, the ads like those people are liars. Our green hats didn't kill no kids. One hundred percent. That is how ads were <laughs> like slandering people. who are <laughs> And yeah. a lot of them a liar by green hats. And a lot of them bought, blamed the people wearing the clothes. They were like, you're of a course. dumb bitch. And that's right. why you died from setting yourself on fire. <laughs> User oh, error. so you Sorry. didn't know it was. Yeah. You didn't know your shit was uh, soaked in kerosene to make it that nice texture. That's on you. Yeah, exactly. But you're right, Miles. Like the mercury thing is a big part of it. I just want to say that there's so many more terrible. Things. Oh, right. Right. So many different <laughs> levels. Yeah. It wasn't just the mercury, though. <laughs> and then Max would be like, come to bed. And I'm like, no, hold on. I have to read about these poisons real quick. I gotta get back to these murders. Take that hat off. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a baseball hat. I said off. It's green. 
Well, it's pretty creepy because apparently a lot of the green dye is still toxic. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that you, when you're reading, the author is like, and actually this is still real dangerous. And we don't know where most of the cheap clothes that you buy come from or who made them or dyed them. So actually you could be wearing something that poisons you. Have a great day. Wow. I just want to tag tag on an underrated of illustrations in adult books, like not just a bunch of pictures in the middle, but like get, give right. me some illustrations throughout the the publishing industry. You know, they they need to like they find a happy medium between adult books and children's books. I think and, that's why I read a lot of historical books because yeah. like cartographic image images and like certain portraits are in yeah. there because they're like, you got to understand like what you're looking at here or like how close this city is to this city. And I'm, and I think part of me is like, yes, maps and pictures. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like, don't you feel like it's a treat when you get to it? Yeah. And yeah, I don't absolutely. want the treats to just be all in a big ass pile randomly. Right. I want it to be distributed, so I'm getting a little yeah, treat all the time. Well, yeah. Otherwise, and also sometimes it ruins it for you. If they put all of the pictures earlier, sometimes you'll see a picture and it'll be like, oh, it's her dead husband. You're like, he fucking died? I didn't even get to that part yet. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's very true. Also, just on the Mercury thing, <laughs> they liked Mercury so much that the way that we... They re- liked it so much. <laughs> they liked it so much that they used to stick it up their ass when they had incontinence or rather constipation. And that's how we've been able to reconstruct Lewis and Clark's journey is because one of them was constipated and sticking mercury up their ass. So you just like go along and find the, the latrines shits. that have mercury in them. And that's where they stop. I'll do you one better. You shove Please. it in your dick hole Thank to you. treat yourself from syphilis. So Is that true? Yes. And that is what they were doing. And that is apparently one of the like myths or like theories for how they discovered that mercury helps the tanning process that like a dude Uh, was pissing in the tanks because urine like does does stuff. And because he was getting it up, treated for for syphilis, that his process like worked a lot better than other people's. So they deduced it. That's like one theory. They're like, hey, damn, yeah. John's dirty dick is making good hats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, holy Why shit, did... man. Have you tried Reggie's new coats? Man, like, it's so soft. What's your secret, man? I got syphilis. <laughs> what? Yeah, what I'm slowly going insane. <laughs> okay, uh, thanks. And it's it's probably just because, like, it looked cool, right? It looks like liquid silk. Like, it looks like the t-1000 from like terminator 2 so like they were just like well that shit must like be good for something let's keep it around and try it and rub it on everything oh man all right let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the news and we're back and so there was a tragedy You've probably heard about at the uh, Waukesha Christmas Parade where somebody drove into a crowd of people. Five people died. The 39-year-old man who was driving the car has been arrested. And this has been turned into racism fodder. Yeah. And I think just general progressive pushback on anything like the, the right and, you know, Nazis, whoever you're looking at has found a way in to turn this tragedy into, you know, whatever they're looking for it to be. And, you know, I think the thing that 
a lot of conservatives are holding on to is the fact that, you know, this guy had this guy, Daryl Brooks, had an extensive record and he was recently arrested for allegedly running over somebody during a domestic dispute. And then he was released on a thousand dollar bail two days before the parade incident. And that whole thing of like this guy got out two days before on a thousand dollars bail for like a violent thing already. They're saying now this has to be a whole issue that we need to now be looking at bail reform. And how bail reform is terrible and how there's no need to ever make bail more humane or not just a thing that, you know, makes it so rich people can get out of jail easy. And if you don't have money, then it could completely destroy your life. And, you know, I think the D.A. in Milwaukee, you know, his like sort of progressive policies have basically come under attack as as a result of this or just looking at anything that has been slightly forward looking as being like, we need to look into this D.A., man, because he's tied. Someone said he was tied to George Soros mm-hmm. like in, in okay. one post. Sure. That's you know, so it's, classic. It's this kind of shit. Yeah, of course, it has to be, you know, uh, let's also raise a specter of anti-Semitism as well to tie this all in and saying that, like, also look into, like, all of their progressive connections, like what's going on? Like, do we need to completely rethink all of this? The D.A. himself said that the bail amount was inappropriately low. Like he was like, I don't even know that there truly needs to be an investigation into why this person who was committing a violent crime had had such a low bail amount He's right. like that. I definitely see. But the thing is. This guy, Edwards, he wasn't released as part of like a program that, you know, this D.A. had put in place, which was to find alternatives to cash bail for nonviolent offenders. Right. This guy wasn't part of it. So this was some kind of oversight legitimately occurred because, yeah, I don't I, I can't see how you are committing a violent crime. And then it's like, you know, if you're trying to get out very quickly, sure, like there maybe you want some safeguards to protect the general public. Like in this case, it would have been something absolutely necessary. But then on the other side, you also have racists who are now using this to say this was a response to the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict and this was anti-white domestic terrorism. And you have a lot of like accelerationists like on Telegram and stuff starting to put like, you know, swastikas, remember, like with stuff that's saying like, remember Waukesha and like all this other shit to really try and like stoke those flames to, you know, create more racial violence. Those are the first people to be like, Whoa, you just politicized the Oscars. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> when yeah, yeah. someone like says um, the mildest thing that's their opinion at an award show. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> politics doesn't belong here. And then this kind of thing happens. And then you immediately like exploit it for your own fucking gain. He had just yeah. cr- committed a violent act two days ago with with a car. Or it was on November 5th. So and he was he was arrested and released like that. That happens a little bit closer to the week. So well before any (laughs) Rittenhouse verdict and any of the bullshit that they're claiming. I mean, the police are saying that he had just left the scene of a domestic disturbance and was not acting fleeing. Yeah. On any terrorist influence or organization, but was in some sort of disturbed haze. Yeah. And yeah, the, the cops even like, no, this we're not saying this was an accident, like, you know, like some sure. elderly person lost control. Like, no, like this guy was trying to go. And he didn't give a fuck. He plowed, he mowed these people down. But yeah, to then say that this was connected to the other, like that's they're like, as we see it, it was this person fleeing and just did whatever the fuck they were going to do. But yeah, all that to say is this is now just created another, you know, inflection point for both you know, people on Capitol Hill or in political commentary spheres and just violent extremists to try and create some more hatred and, you know, 
fucking anger when we can really use less. Yeah. And I also think uh, people are a little bit like the holidays are coming. And I think instead of everyone just being like frustrated with the way that the government has handled shit so that most people are like poorer than ever heading into the holiday season or feeling the pressure of that. Instead, it's giving them like this weird little straw man to like focus on. And it's like, oh, like, why don't we talk about how angry you are about this instead of about the really like big issues? And I also think like it's I I try to Google frequently whenever someone says something causes something because very frequently the timing is is a lie if you're being sold that it's like those famous you know all those interviews where they would ask like uh people who would say that obama was responsible for 9 11 like do you think he was pre pre when was he president no but people people knew he was gonna be that's why they did it yeah yeah i think just shit like that you know when people are like oh actually you know he was not even and yeah, that's what I think, too. These people aren't even focused on, like, the tragedy of these five people that died. Many were in no. this group called the Dancing Grannies. It's more yeah. just like, I don't give a fuck about that. Go straight to the part where I can use this to keep bail, like, keep the cash bail system and make that, like, strong, completely dial the time back on any progress that's made on that. Or if you're a neo- neo-Nazi accelerationist, you're saying... I don't care about those people that died. I'm going to use this to try and create more like, you know, racial animus to hopefully direct that towards my worldview and get some people to, you know, jump on in into the fray. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a, you know, just a really fucked up incident. But this is I think this is this is truly now like as we're talking about like backsliding democracies, like there's there's always going to be and something that's going to happen that will always be all people always find a way to like truly use it to justify whatever fascist ideas they have or to just halt progress completely. Yeah. Do you remember when that guy drove into the farmer's market in Santa Monica? Yeah, that old guy, right? Yeah. 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 That wasn't necessarily, was that him, that person trying to do it intentionally? I thought it was like he had lost control, like in a panic, just kept like driving. That's what I think it was. I think it was... An, yeah. an old person panicking after it started happening and making it worse. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's something that actually, like people losing control of the car, mistaking the brake for, for the gas or the gas for the brake is something that common. is more common than people realize that it's what was happening with those like out of control Toyota cars where it was, they couldn't figure out like why these things were accelerating out of control the people thought they were stopping on the brake. They were stopping on the gas. Like, that's what the computers in, inside the car show. It's just a an honest mistake that can happen and that, like, people in a panic just sort of double down on the first mistake they're making and keep, like, stomping on, on the gas thinking it's the brake. Especially, like, if you're in a new car, it tends to happen more. If you're in a new car and if you're smaller than the person who had been driving it before like that's when it tends yeah. to happen yeah the key the, yeah he claimed he had mashed the accelerator instead of the brake yeah and this apparently like i think our this there in this article they're talking about there was a there was footage of him in a previous accident that was very similar yeah and like that sort of kicked off this whole debate of like do we like we need to actually be careful about like the state some people are in when they get behind the wheel of a car but yeah 
One thing, just, you know, the today the Ahmad Arbery trial is going to jury deliberation. So, I mean, uh, it's just, I'm, again, this is, this is a story that we've covered before, but the jury is 11 white people, one black juror. Prosecutors accused the defense of striking eight black jurors from being selected solely because of their race. The defense claimed the jurors had already formed strong opinions about the events that led to Arbery's death, which, again, was somebody being chased down and shot with a shotgun for their race. So that was disqualifying them, having heard of that happening in their community. But the judge found what he called intentional discrimination while reviewing the prosecutor's objection, but said he ultimately couldn't do anything since the defense put forth legitimate non-race-related reasons for it. So it's it's just another example where we're seeing in a courtroom a judge be like, hey, it's out of my hands here, like just using these like little selective, like, you know, close up views of the law to just tilt things yeah. in the direction of a white defendant or three white defendants. A judge is able to be like, no, there were legitimate, uh, you know, sort of non-biased reasons that they gave It's because they're still in a courtroom. People treat racism like it doesn't exist. Exactly. Like someone's talking about fucking Narnia. Right. And they're like, what do you think happened? Oh, I think this was racism. They're like, did you hear that? This motherfucker believe in Narnia. Get him the fuck out. <laughs> I right. mean, really, folks? Yeah. Racism? And this is a trial that fucking completely hinges on racism. Right. And, like, and yeah. To be able to just say that they, were, if they've already, they already came to their very, very biased conclusion based on their terribly misinformed worldview. Right. Be terrible to have them here. We're looking for people who are so ignorant, they don't know what's going on. And then we can hopefully, you know, nudge them in a direction over the course of the trial. The closing arguments, the defense commented on Arbery's long, dirty toenails. Yes. He was wearing sneakers at the time of the crime. That, you know, that's not the point, though. The point is that this is the South and police in this part of the country were invented to, you know, as slave patrol. And they're trying to, like, use these this imagery to, like appeal to the biases of a white Southern jury. And yeah, I don't know. Just to reiterate, the killer was heard to have uttered a racial slur after murdering Maud Arbery, according to one of his fellow defendants, not like according mm. to someone, according to one of his fellow defendants. The theft they claimed they suspected him for I was later found to be committed by a white couple. They chased him in a pickup truck, pulled a gun on him, and are claiming the murder was self-defense. So that's... And the written house defense. And people are like, it's a fucking it's a it's a coin toss. It's like how 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 is how this? you chase someone in a truck and then when you hopped out with guns and they were unarmed that yeah. you defended yourself with a like lethal. Yeah. But again, that's what because unfortunately you say things like this seemed like, you know, to anyone just looking at it, you're like, this looks like people chasing someone down and killing them. Like, yeah. even if I don't know the context, that's what this looks like. Yeah. But, you know, you have. <laughs> You have the slightest bit of uh, ability to recognize a situation like that as having some kind of racial animus, then you're the problem. Yeah. And let's check in with the Dallas QAnon group real quick. Yeah. So, you know, they went down to Dallas for Trump's coronation, which we all remember. It was a great event. Yeah. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah. So the Rolling Stones concert. Actually, it never happened. But people are staying there. And despite the predictions of... Michael Brian Protzman, who he was the he was the guy who reported from the Rolling Stones concert that yeah. like 
Prince was, Prince on, was drums. on drums. Yep. So that despite everything he's said turning out to be nonsense, people are doubling down on waiting for his predictions to become reality. And family members of the people who went down there are very concerned. Like, yeah, there's like a Vice article where they're like, people are straight up being like, yo, my sister's completely lost it. Like she's not, she's left her kids behind or other people like, you know, this one person said, at, like requesting anonymity, said, quote, I'm very worried about her safety. We don't know if she's given him any money, meaning Michael Brian Protzman, because a lot of people have apparently been just handing over cash to him. But her husband is about to cancel her cards. She's blowing through their money fast. There's another one where this, like I said, this woman's sister, she said, her, this woman's sister so far handed about $200,000 to the group and is being forced to drink hydrogen peroxide solution and take, quote, bio pellets to ward off COVID-19. Her phone calls and messages are also being monitored. She left her children for this and doesn't even care. She's missing birthdays and holidays for this. She truly believes this is all real and we are all the crazy ones for trying to get her to come home, but she won't. And a lot of people are like, we don't believe she'll ever come back and we're now mourning her. So this is, you know, it's always had this very cult-like exterior. And now you're starting to hear like, oh, wow, they're isolating people. Like they're monitoring your calls. They're like, there's also, there's some infrastructure in place to maybe keep people in, you know, for this very specific group of Q followers, you know, sort of in line or in check. And the other thing is like people have noticed in some of these Telegram channels, there, there was like talk from members of, you know, in, in sort of debating like what's going to happen, what's the truth, like is JFK actually alive or dead and is Trump really the president? Some people were saying, like using the words that we need to experience a physical death in order to learn the ultimate truth of all of this. And another po another post in a different Telegram channel was like giving people directions to the site where David Koresh had his like deadly standoff with the feds in Waco. Right. And people were like, what the fuck? Why is this? Why are people now talking about experiencing physical death? Why is this like there's more Waco shit coming? In. I mean, that's always kind of been part of it. But the a lot of extremist researchers are like the fact that people are now uttering things like we must experience a physical death to arrive to the truth. They're really kind of, you know, that's been sort of sending sounding off alarm bells. And it's a lot. It's very similar to that guy, Matthew Coleman, who, you know, murdered his children who was right. also had this sort of sh rhetorical shift from their QAnon beliefs to this sort of other thing. And, you know, the FBI in Dallas has said they haven't commented on whether or not they're looking into it. And then the Dallas police were like, no, nah, this this group is not something we're concerned with at the moment, according to them. Yeah. I feel like there's such a connection between the the like all of the stories, you know, because mm -hmm. the stoking of the hate to make people more radicalized and more fringe also leads to these like cult like things because the more entrenched you are in the fact that like everybody else doesn't see the truth quote unquote the more the more easily you will be prey to all kinds of ideology yeah, yeah. i mean it's all the same kind of cult like thinking yeah it really seems like there that there's like a a breaking point that people are coming to and yeah, yeah the the uh, Caroline or Bueno was like, these are basically the exact same spiritual religious teachings that the guy in California was getting into just before he brutally murdered his two young children. Like she's an expert on these, like she pays attention and like understands the various theologies. And yeah, she's like, this is, this is the thing. Yeah. But it's okay if Dallas police say it's not a big deal. Like it seems like they're pretty good at, you know, 
gauging national threats to national security (laughs) and just making sure they have it locked down. So I think we should be good. Those funny folks down in uh, Dealey Plaza, I mean, they're 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 just in the way, if anything. Yeah. Just dropping their trucks. Once again, failing to uh, take a threat in Dealey Plaza very seriously. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And speaking of Texas, so Matthew McConaughey has not announced that he's going to run for governor yet. He has expressed interest. Mm -hmm. And so people are theoretically putting out some polls to be like, "Eh, if this guy ran. We love ourselves a hot, famous governor. Oh, yeah. Who cares about his policies? Let me see that ass. Yeah. Work for democracy. He's not going to twerk, <laughs> though. He won't twerk. That's where he draws the line. Yeah. And that's not. He did, he'll just play the bongos naked. That's yeah, exactly. That's what love bongos. Bing, yeah. Bing. I would love but yeah, that. they they're all, you know, Beto O'Rourke, he announced, he's like, yo, I'm getting in the ring. And people are like, OK, I was just born Maybe. to run, man. <laughs> yeah. Just born. What was the thing on the cover of Vanity Fair? I was just got to be in it, man. I was just oh, born for this. That one uh. where he's like in the truck. Yeah, like th- that that With the failed, dog. Yeah, yeah, the failed Vanity Fair spread. Cosplaying as a, a real American a folksy, <laughs> folksy Texan guy. But yeah, the, there's some, you know, they said, let's do some hypothetical head to heads. Um, first, what if Beto O'Rourke and Matthew McConaughey went head to head? Who wins? Forty nine percent. Forty nine percent to Matt. Twenty seven percent to Beto. Oof. Then they said, OK, so he, if he advances that round. What if it's the incumbent governor, Greg Abbott, running against the insurgent Matthew McConaughey in that hypothetical runoff based on this poll? And again, it's a very you know, loose point. I don't even know how they did it. But it Abbott gets 35 percent of the vote. Matthew McConaughey gets 43 percent of the vote. He would be eight points ahead. All right. All right. Governor all Abbott. right. And that's just a very that's a snapshot literally right now of probably people they just called on the phone and who knows how serious they were. But. It is interesting to see that it, but oh, and but like when they put all three in a three-way race, but obviously that wouldn't happen because it's, that's not how elections work. No, but tell Matt, me more it's, about this because Matt doesn't do three ways. Race. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, it could be like a jungle primary or something like that. But in this straightforward race, that in that instance, Abbott gets a plurality. So, like, because they they, they would split the vote between Beto, Beto and, Matt. and Matt. But it also yeah. showed, but which is interesting because you're also like, oh, but it looks like some people would go to Matt though if it came down to Matt and Abbott. But mm. I, this is just like such a threesome's always better when you split the vote. If you know, what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I totally know what you mean. But why don't you explain it to the people? Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> like I, I, I have tons of experience in threesomes. Like obviously, yeah, uh, but, I know how to rock the vote. <laughs> Jack, your mustache says that it has had a ton of three ways. That mustache it does, says it does the add some character to my face that is completely unearned. It looks but. jizz soaked. It it could be. It could be jizz soaked. Uh, wait, does it shine. look jizz soaked right now? No? I thought I cleaned it up. No, that's right. coffee mate. Okay, it's coffee mate. <laughs> it's coffee mate, asshole. I drink it straight out of the bottle. <laughs> I want to be in it, man. I'm just born to be in it. That was the quote on the cover of Vanity Fair that I... Tell me how that's not about a threesome and wanting to be in 
<laughs> oh, you're just just outside of the, an orgy room. Just exactly. Kind of like, they're like, hey, if you're not participating, no staring. Okay. So yeah, as stupid as this is that he would possibly run, well, like I would probably prefer him over Abbott, right? Abbott I mean, is a committed, like yeah, you Nazi. You kind of have to. Abbott's yeah. <laughs> kind of the worst. Yeah. It's just another. It's like another American election special. You want the piece of shit or the person you're like? I'd rather not. <laughs> so it's like, and right. those are your two options, <laughs> right? So yeah, I mean, you know, like, we've talked about some of the policies that he's articulated in the past, and yeah. you know, he's he's very like. He's like, yeah, man, like radical centrist. Like, got to have your, uh, got to have your abortions. You know, I, I definitely believe in that. <laughs> got to get, got to get a bobo if you want one, and uh, and that uh, have your kids. I mean, if they want to get vaccinated, I, I, I'm have to wait on that. That's right. where he starts getting a little, you know, yeah, woo woo, L.A. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we're you all right, know, all right. Ed- edge of our seat. I mean, and it, again, it, stranger things have happened. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger was our literal fucking governor. So, what about the fucking wrestler Jesse fucking Ventura? Yeah. Like, shit happens. You he know, was Americans. The first one. Americans love a fucking nonsensical celebrity like situation. We don't yeah. care what context it's in. Right. We're like George Foreman sells grills. We're in. We love it. <laughs> like we don't care what the crossover is. You know. Yeah. It's, it almost feels like McConaughey's too high profile to run for governor. You know what I mean? It's like right. you could still be in movies. Like the mother people. Like yeah. And not to say Schwartz. I mean Schwarzenegger was very at, at his prime. But like in this day and age of celebrities running, I feel like we need to go like two levels below. Right. To see like you know I don't know who who that person would be, but yeah, like Lil Flip. Right. <laughs> I wanted some. I wanted to be an all little ticket flip yachty. Let's get it popping. Nas X, you know what I mean. <laughs> Has a celebrity who's not kind of right leaning ever won the? Pre- it seems like they're very successful on the right. You got your Reagans, your Ronalds Reagan, your uh, Ventura, your Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. But like, who who is centrist and has won? Like neocons i feel like neocons reject this idea because or not neocons neolibs reject this idea because they're all straight a students like we talked about so they like want to believe that come on man this is serious business you have to you have to study economics stick to the pot right yeah i just feel like this won't go as well but the fact that he appeals to the right as well might might make it work but right and i mean Dude, Fred Thompson was also an actor. Al Franken. Also, you know? uh, Franken. Yeah. There Franken's it is. The only Franken's lefty. the one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Franken is the answer. All right. So let's do a quick streaming check-in. Squid Game still continues to dominate on the originals charts, but... Probably had a little bit of a Chrissy Teigen boost, am I right? A little TZ. Yeah. TZ oh, yeah. Because of that, that sick-ass party. Yeah. I that wish party I was sick. there. Damn, mm-hmm. it should look tight. Also, Jesse Ventura, I think, was like Green Party or something. He's not He's not fully Republic because he, he's always like, 9-11 was done by goblins. You know, and you're like, okay, <laughs> right. full, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, like, I, <laughs> I feel like maybe Libertarian or am I? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I just associate Green party. him with that. Green Party. Oh, really? Okay. He was okay. Independence Party from 2000, 2003. Reform Party from 98 to 2000. He was an Independent. 
before 98 and then from 2003 to 2020. I think all that to say opportunistic weirdo. <laughs> right. <laughs> was he leftist? Am I just like, because I was such a fucking, like, just ate everything that the mainstream media told me? Like, is that why I think he was? I don't ever remember him being portrayed as lefty. Right. No, but not really. But I mean, he. I think maybe because he would be like, the Bush administration is out of control. And right. you're like, oh, okay. And oh, he's like, right. I would be even more efficient. You're like, oh. <laughs> it's contextual. I guess you're right. There's way crazier people now. I mean, he's no like yeah. cinema or something. No, no, no. But I mean, he, for the most part, he said like he, his like quote was like, George W. Bush was the worst president of, of my lifetime. Yeah. So I was like, um, well, that's, uh, that's true. That's facts. Yeah, I guess so. That's I mean, objectively <laughs> to true. that point. <laughs> yeah. And then when Pierce Morgan asked him about 9-11, he said, my theory of 9-11 is that we certainly at the best, we knew it was going to happen. They allowed it to happen to further their agenda in the Middle East and to go to these wars. All I right. would say that's not the very least, but that's a plausible possibility, I guess. Yeah. But I don't, again, I'm sure uh, Zyke King will tell us, and he's like, no, and check out this hot take on Brianna <laughs> Taylor. And you're like, oh, Uh-oh. I don't know. But I, all that to say, I don't know enough, and I don't care enough. So Netflix is uh, monitoring streaming these days, and they're telling us, you know, what people are actually watching. Netflix dominating the originals. Uh, it's basically all Netflix, except for Only Murders in the Building and Ted Lasso. Everything else in the top 10 is Netflix. Mm. But uh, on the acquired front, acquired, which is like, you know, shows that they brought over that were not original programming, they are 100% of the top 10. But they also, like, so Shameless is number one, Coco Melon number two, In the Dark number three. I wasn't even like, that didn't jog anything for me. Oh, yeah, it's The Blind Woman. Got it. Okay. And Seinfeld's at number four, which Seinfeld like just dropped. I I think they were and the money they spent on that, they were yeah. expecting that to be like a friends slash the office style like phenomenon. I think they forget that those are escapism shows and that is not <laughs> Oh, Seinfeld's what like too Seinfeld real. Seinfeld is, yeah. Seinfeld yeah. is is like the world is terrible and people are selfish and like let's laugh at it. People are not ready for that. Right. Right. They're like, yeah. like we want hugs. What's a show that's hugs? Oh, Ted Lasso? Want, Thank you. <laughs> I want to live in New York and jobs don't matter. Friends. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I just want to wor worry about whether Ross and Rachel are going to end up together. I don't want to, you know, worry about whether I see a lot of these selfish tendencies <laughs> in myself. <laughs> I mean, I think hilarious, but I, uh, that's why I think Curb is like its own little world because not everybody likes that if it makes yeah. you like upset and nervous when that kind of stuff happens then it's not the show for you whereas friends is so much more and the office so much more easily like yeah. calming yeah and i feel like comfort food with with seinfeld there's more it was like more influential first of all it like got it was it was more original at the time that it came out and then now like, I feel like it's influenced, first of all, obviously, Curb is, like, just uh, a spiritual successor that, like, does a lot of the things Seinfeld did, but, like, in a more pure form. Um, but also, I just feel like it was 
like Seinfeld was probably more influential on like the comedy writers of the world uh, than like yeah. Friends or The Office. And so now, like in the same way that like Belushi was great and super original, but never really like translated to later generations because he was like so influential on like Farley and like a lot of those people that like I, I feel like people didn't really get it as much. Like I, I wonder if Seinfeld has more thoroughly like infiltrated the culture to the point that now it feels like an earlier version of something that we've already seen like executed super well with like arrested development and you know shows like that that are uber despicable people but like that's the that's the whole joke hmm. i like that theory i i i there there's something i don't know i think yeah like your point about seinfeld being like a like a comedy like for comedy people People like it's pretty they're like, yo, man, there's like there's these Seinfeld things that are like my favorite pieces of comedy or whatever. And you understand like so many writers do talk about the way Seinfeld was written and like the like their whole writing style of especially of like making scenes of like stuffing the sausage, as they called it, of like just taking the dumbest premise and just cramming as much drama into the stupidest nothing you can do to make that just explode with overemphasis and like that was sort of like the engine of it and it's also very like improv derived like it's pretty much yeah. every episode is a herald because like which is like that the long form i'm so sorry everyone <laughs> long form <laughs> hey it's been a minute seven at ucb yeah. yeah but you know it's where they said the tent poles fought far apart and then in the end they come together in ways that are unexpected so, you know, that's that was like a classic thing. The thing yeah. that they had mentioned about the one thing is going to come back always at the end and be the thing that fucks this other thing up. And I think right. the way that they did that consistently every episode was like pretty remarkable. remarkable. Yeah. And if you're aspiring, right, I think for, you know, kids that grew up in the 90s, you're like, look back and you're like, damn, like this is really like. You, they people want to emulate that, and I feel like maybe because of that influence, like you're saying, it's it's coming back around again. Yeah, for like you know, just people to recapture their love of it, or younger people being like, "Oh, it's this chooky shit." All the old people talking about, yeah, Seinfeld, and then it's like, "What are you doing? Where <laughs> <laughs> are my jokes? All right, I this is my bonkers. this is my final point. Seinfeld himself, <laughs> not I don't know, man." Going in the same direction, many older comics who, like, don't understand why people don't like them anymore. Right. Like, old-ass, old-man takes. <laughs> right. Very specific to the 90s with just his, like, style and A lot of bitching politics. about why people don't want to hear about cereal again. <laughs> like, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, this NPR article about, like, why it might not hit quite as hard as Friends... Makes the point about Mike Michael Richards, which obviously like his, you know, racist greed on stage makes his performance harder to enjoy. But I also think like a I think we're giving America way too much credit. Are you fucking kidding? Sure. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what's ruining it for people. <laughs> oh, no. He was racist one time. Yeah. Okay, Woody Allen and shit gets to make movies. Mel Gibson out here saying, I hope he get raped by a bunch of N-words. Hey, Louis, you know? uh, Louis and Dave Chappelle's got a Grammy nomination. Hey. <laughs> you can't touch me. Yeah. Don't cancel me. That's my new phone ringer. Don't cancel me. You can't 
can't cancel me. The show is already ca- We didn't cancel it. We decided to end it on our own. <laughs> I've never been canceled. He's, uh, yeah. I mean, someone recently was talking. His name was in the headlines again because another comedy was like, I don't care for him much because of his proclivity for younger women back in the day. Yeah, he dated a uh, dated Dude, in quotes. That's what we, it was called at the time. Uh, yeah. A high school student, not, not statutory rape. Yeah, yeah, it was. He he. Hey, whoa, whoa, publicly whoa, whoa. dated a like high school student. Yeah, and they were like, "Look how fun he's picking up his girlfriend at her school or whatever." Yeah, and you're like bringing her to a Knicks game. <laughs> like he's grooming a minor before everyone's eyes, but because he has like a kind of a mullet. Everyone's cool. And then everyone was like, well, it's it makes sense. She has big titties. I was like, do you hear yourself? <laughs> right. Yeah. What do you mean? Like my hearing? But yeah, she has big titties. I'm sorry. Those did you not hear me? Say she's an adult. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Seinfeld, he's laughing on his gigantic piles of cash. Yeah. And I think Steve Bannon, too, that we <laughs> we get Steve Bannon because of Seinfeld also. Oh yeah, what what was that story again? Wait, he was what? like the pro- the publisher he was or like, something? Yeah, like one of the production companies that like sold the rights to it. He had a stake in it, so he got a piece of like this huge payout right. for like the like when it went to syndication, like mass syndication. There was like some it's so he became very wealthy from his his associate from his failed Hollywood career. Yeah. yeah. And that gave him a lot of money and who knows where we'd be if that didn't happen. But either way, America is going to America with or without Steve Bannon. Yeah. As bad as the Michael Richards take that like people aren't watching it because of the the racism. NPR also has the take that it's set in a shockingly white New York City. And that's why people aren't enjoying it. Because <laughs> friends. I know. They're like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Friends? Aisha Tyler holds down that entire show <laughs> For the entirety of time as the only black person. (laughs) Yeah. Simpler times. Yeah. Because, like, what did, what's the, did he ever date a person of color, woman of color on this show? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Jerry? No, he would never. Mm. (laughs) He would never. Do you remember there's that one episode (laughs) where Elaine thinks that the guy she's dating is a person of color and she just doesn't know what? And and, Dude. and that guy thinks she is, too. And then when they both find out that they're white, they're very disappointed. And they're like, what do you want to do? And goes, all right, I don't know. Let's go to the Gap. <laughs> Which right. is the only time they address the race thing the, ever. The, ever so, the one that ages so well, the Cigar Store Indian episode. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's, Great. And then I'm trying to think of anything else that made super. Sense. Not that there's but anything anyway. wrong with that. Like, there's plenty of... What about all the transphobic stuff? Friends was like... Oh, yeah. Was it Chandler's mom? And they're like... Chandler's mom. Yeah, it's like, he's a cross-dresser. And you're like, oh, and he like hated, he hated his mom. I remember it's so well, funny. The punchlines because... were always like, I'm fucked up. And the reason I can't have intimacy is it turns out my dad was fucking my piano teacher and he's a girl. That was like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, brought to you by the same people who wrote the Cheers theme song <laughs> that has that weird line in it. Yeah. The, Wait, what line? There's like, and you're like, what is it? There's a it's, line. It's, it's like, the uh, it's the long version, like the verse that wasn't on the TV show. Okay. But... I was like, have I missed something from the everybody knows your name part? Yeah, there was a. If you're white. A... That's the part they cut. 
it's where is it it's like something real like a woman being a man or something like that and that being like a point of stress that's why i gotta go to cheers with friends i I just didn't watch it for, for the reasons i was like well i don't see myself in this show so i'm gonna keep watching wayne's brothers or jamie fox show or something like that i remember like her majesty she'd be like when you know when we were first dating she's like oh you don't watch friends i'm like nah and she she was watching in the background once, and I came in. It was one of those episodes where Kathleen Turner is playing Chandler's mom, and I was yeah. like, "What's going on?" And like, and then I was just watching them just talk about it. And I'm like, "Yo, this is fucked up. Like, what is this? She's like, yeah, this this doesn't age well at all." And I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> no. okay, okay." But look, all shows have. I mean, I it's wild to watch a lot of stuff. I I recently started watching things that were sort of like formative for me, like sitcoms, just to kind of like understand like how much i can't believe how much the fresh prince of bel-air like formed my entire like like mental scape same (laughs) but there's also like ones with like like you also like watch jamie fox show and you're like okay bro like you are you are not about consent at all oh yeah and it's just a fucking punchline the whole time and you're like just start watching these things you're like wow these are very subtle things that we were taking in but Very, uh, also, we were so brainwashed that entire time for on the J- Jamie Foxx show, we were cheering for Jamie Foxx, who just would yeah. not leave this fucking poor woman alone and, like, just ruined her life by sexually harassing her at work. <laughs> Constant, constantly. Fancy. But then... But then they're like, no, and then she wore her down, and day. it works out. Hey, hey, fellas, you get it. Wear them down. Wear them down. Oh, that's the word. Your husband wants to be yeah. a girl. That's the one. Yeah. It's oh. roll out of bed. Mr. Coffee's dead. The morning's looking bright. And your shrink ran off to Europe and didn't even write. And your husband wants to be a girl. It doesn't even like really work in the thing. Yeah, it doesn't totally even make sense. Rhyming scheme. It just sounds like the right. writer was trying to work out a personal problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hey, well, went on to write on Friends. <laughs> Sophia, such a pleasure having you as always. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. And you can find me at the Sophia on Twitter and Instagram, S O F I Y A. You can listen to my and Miles's podcast. Go to 420dayfiance.com. Yeah. And. You can also listen to Private Parts Unknown, my podcast with Courtney Kosak about love and sex around the world. And get my album Father's Day. Get and it. happy holidays. There happy is. Thanksgiving. Y'all doing, you guys doing family stuff? What's, what's up? We're cooking for like 30 people. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. Look at you. What? What? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to New York. I can't wait to see the uh, DMX documentary from Bill Simmons. That's what? who I want to hear. They've he's got the, like... he's the most famous uh, DMX fan. How dare you? <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot he was in the Rough Riders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got like this whole HBO documentary, like Sweet, called Music Box, and one of them's like a DMX documentary. Which Anyways. I don't know if you knew this, wow. but the Rough Riders anthem dedicated to him. Dedicated right. to Bill Simmons. Love my bitches, but where's my Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> okay, D. All right, X. Tell me. Is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes. I have a couple favorites. I like this one by at JT House 37. I don't have an agent, 
but there is a small fox that lives in the woods next to my house who would, I think, given the opportunity, champion my work. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, there's this one by Future Mensa. And it's tis the season to go home and remember why you left your family for a life of literature and marijuana. That's right. (laughs) I felt that. And then finally, this one by Megan Gailey. There are haircuts that only exist in Indianapolis and nowhere else on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Shout out to Megan. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Miles of Gray. And again, you heard Sophia tell it. Check out 420 Day Fiance. Check out 420dayfiance.com and consider supporting our show by buying some merchandise. This pretty, look, we hand designed this shit. Caitlin Gill on the production. And I know that gang comes through for guarantee shirts. So, you know, it's the same, same family. So come by. Same fam. Us. And Miles drew the sickest heavy titty ghost you've ever oh seen. Oh, my God. H-T-T heavy titty ghost? Yeah. yeah. It, it was a, it, what did it come from when we were talking about episode where Angela got the breast reduction? Yeah. Yeah, the character, this one cast member had a breast reduction and her husband was like, what am I going to do? And we're like, oh, there's going to be a heavy-tittied ghost out there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all that to say, my favorite Because her tweets, yankability uh, score went down. That's the whole thing. People don't mm. see it. It this doesn't is, matter. This is what y'all going to This is what you're going to come for. <laughs> <laughs> the nonsense. But yes, yeah, some tweets that I like. First one, actually from at MFC Erickson. Hey. It's like gang in here. I saw your tweet, my man. It said, we demand to have names that slightly change periodically as we grow into adults, like Pokemon. Because I was really curious, really curious to see what my, my final form name would be. <laughs> That's like, what hey, Puff Daddy's Pokemon. been doing for years. Yeah, That's a great exactly. idea. It's for Everybody celebrities. Everybody should do that shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, and people have like posted like a meme of how you could be like, your name's like Robert, but then you're Robbie, then Robbie, or maybe Bob. Bert, and Bob, you know older. what I mean? And then, yeah, and then you die yeah. as Rob. <laughs> um, but and then another one is from uh, at Fire Beats B E E T S. Oh, says date. Yeah, I love some fire. Who's beats. your favorite <laughs> date? Who's your favorite Beatle? Me panicking. Uh, um, Gregor <laughs> Samsa. It's <laughs> good. That joke is Kafka esque. That's <laughs> pretty good. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien and nowhere else. No, that's not true. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, but I'm private. So, but I've approved literally everybody who's asked to follow me. You're private because you post so many thirst traps. People, that's true. People don't even yeah, know. They gotta know. It's all ass yeah. on his fucking <laughs> all ass and dong on his IG. You guys gotta follow. Ass and dong, O'Brien. Uh, Ariana Lenarski tweeted. I think we learn about planets too young. They should keep it from us until we're like 16, then be like, guess the fuck what? <laughs> I love that tweet so much. I saw it. Uh, I like that. Oh, Andrew Nadeau tweeted, a woman once casually said, nice haircut to me 12 years ago, and that's been my haircut ever since. <laughs> yep. The power. The power. The power of being alone and, some, uh, and someone you fancy giving you a compliment. I remember some, one time my facial hair was so bad, like when I was younger, even patchier. And so I was like, no, I think it's cool. Like, it kind of makes me wonder, like, what's up with them? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. And then subsequent people were like, what's, are you okay? What's <laughs> wrong? Is there, are you cosplaying as like a stranded, like a car, like a boat crash? Like Early stages, like, Gregor Samson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can find us on Twitter at yeah. Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and even a website, DailyZeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Which is where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode. That shit's also in the show description. Shorty Screech. And we also like to link off to a song that we think you're going to enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? This is a track called Love Galaxy. And look, I feel like it's, it's time. I feel like now after Ellen Scanlon told us that Wednesday before Thanksgiving is like the big pot, ho- like with the real big pot holiday. Mm. Listen to this track, Love Galaxy, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you feel good, first of all. So if you, you know, maybe have a turbulent relationship with your family, you get in the zone with this track. But more than that, it's the people on this track, Lil Silva, Jay Electronica, and Paul Epworth. You know, Paul Epworth is a really amazing producer. You might know him from stuff he's done with Adele, you know, famously. Or a remix that he's done with CeeLo Green of Nobody's Gonna Love You, right? I've never heard of any of these people. Oh, well, you got it. Man, (laughs) buckle up. And then like Dell, like Dell Curry? Yeah, exactly. Right. Adele. Okay. Right. One, just one Dell. And yeah, so check this track out. It's just like really great production, really great vocals, and just rich sonic scape for your ears. Uh, well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, uh, you can go visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Yep. That's going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and then we are the fuck out of here for the holidays. But come back this afternoon, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>